three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Somebody said it, man. They're like, don't meet your heroes. Because they're like, yeah, at some, you're going to get disappointed. And I think that's what happens. Like, we put everyone on a pedestal, or when we worship someone, we worship an idea. We don't necessarily worship them because it's like, how can you worship another human being that's like you? Like, yeah. you guys make mistakes, you deal with the same problems. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you said, in, in order for you to worship them, it's almost like, you're almost like worshiping somebody who's just like you. They just so happen to be in a different position, but that doesn't make anything that different. They still have to deal with anxiety. They still probably have to deal with different pressures than you. Yeah. But it's all the same. They bleed the same. They have to wake up the same, brush their teeth the same, whatever they do. Hmm. And so when it comes to that, I'm like, I could probably meet, Someone that I really admire from like afar. I've never met this person in my life. Meet him or her. And when we meet, it's like the worst interaction ever. Now, how do I feel? Right. Do I take into account that maybe they weren't having a good day? Maybe that interaction just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Or do I, am I like, oh, this person is terrible, whatever. I'm done with this. Like, I'm done with that person. Cancel them, like you said. Yeah. I'll never buy an album in my or, or watch their <laughs> films in my life again. And so it's like, what do we do with those times? How do we do that? And then it's it's good to, to say that because it's like, don't worship. Because I think it begins to allow us to humanize people everyone because we'll begin to be like oh okay this person is probably just going through something or maybe they need someone to talk to mm-hmm. like i know a lot of people have problems with like lauren hill because she shows up late because at, at her concerts and everything yeah but vince staples brought up a good point he was like what what's we don't know what's going on with her like no one asked no one ever asks her are you okay yeah Everyone's just like, yo, how come you're not here to perform for me? Mm. Right? And so, like, it always kind of, like, goes back to us, like, what we want from somebody. Yeah. And so I think that's where the worshiping comes from. It's like this sort of, like, selfish act of, hey, you you need to do me this service because Mm. I believe in you. Yeah. And that belief is really supposed to go to the self. And you provide the service that you you you're wanting, which is your happiness, your self fulfillment, all this stuff. Yeah. But it's like we do look for that in people, and they don't. It's like giving them that responsibility. They're like they don't even know you. <laughs> they're like, Wait, like, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Yeah. But it's like that's that. You know. That's why he was like, "Yo, don't meet your heroes." If you begin to worship somebody, you 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 uh there's like this sense of falsehood where you create like this 
this like relationship. Yeah. It's like this person's bigger than life. Yeah. And it's like, that's never the case. Like you just have to, you know, and my girl, she's from, she's from London, you know, their culture is very different over there where they don't even have that for any celebrity. They're just like, if they meet someone on the street, like if it were like a Jay-Z or something, they'll just be like, Oh, Hey, and just walk. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a great way to be because it not only allows this person to just go on about their day and I have to be concerned with like maybe this idea of fame, Mm. but and just look kind of like living a normal life. Yeah. But like it also allows you to not feel obligated to step outside of yourself or give this person so much praise that you you like engineer this idea of, oh, like if I meet this person, if I'm around this person, there's like this emotional attachment where you're like, oh, if I meet this person, I'm around this person, I can take a picture, I put yeah. it online, and then voila, I get this self-gratification very fast. But then yeah. that goes away anyway. Yeah. Until you revisit it, try to until you that, revisit it. You try to get yeah. that high from that moment. Yeah. And so but, it's like, yeah. Is it is it like a, 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 a is it it, it could almost be considered a high? Like we're searching for these highs, like a form of addiction almost. Yeah. Like you're like, wait, I can't find this in, in myself. Where can I go? Right. This person, this person, this person, because their their life is a highlight reel. Mm. So that's what we feel it is. Like, oh, this is what it is. We don't know that they're dealing with the same pressures or like probably the same issues that we got going. Yeah, man, that's a great point. It. <laughs> what's funny is, um, I worked at a like in a nuclear capacity. Uh, at a nuclear power plant for a bit, uh, about four years. And like the more you work there, we're building new construction. It's probably going to be online this year or probably next year, one or the other. But anyways, it's like you get to meet a whole array of people, like people from the, the laborers would maybe be like the lower level. Then you have the pushers or the foremans that's like their supervisor then you have like a foreman that's like their supervisor supervisor then you have a general foreman um, a superintendent that's like everybody that's on the worker side and then over on the engineering side or the non-manual side you've got the the engineer the technicians the um uh general managers project engineers, that kind of thing. So it's like, after a while, you get to know, like, this is the head honcho for this group. This is the main person for that group. And then every week or every other day, you have to go to these meetings where you're reporting. Um, You have the leaders reporting and they interact to communicate like, hey, this is where we're going to be working. This is where we're going to be working. So it's like, the people that make a name for themselves, you always hear like their name, like throughout the entire place. But it's like, after you work with someone for so long, like you have this idea of them, like, you know, they're competent people that are reliable. That's why they're always talked about. But like (laughs) waking up at like four in the morning, 
going to someone's office or talking to someone back and forth. It's like, oh, like you had to wake up this morning and put on your pants just like me. Yeah. Maybe you got <laughs> kids at home that you've got to send them to school before or like you're coming in later. It's not just about the job anymore, but it's like as we are working hours and hours on end working Monday through Friday, Saturday, sometimes coming in on Sunday just to get this thing done all in the hopes of bringing back up the energy or the power grid throughout the entire U.S. It's like you have people that have agreed to be on a mission, but at the end of the day, they're just people. Like you have some people that might be rushing to work and they lose their life because they fell asleep behind the road or behind the wheel, or you have somebody that like, it's not always something tragic that happens, but it's, it's just that exposure of spending time around someone that you just heard about, like, Oh, that's the man, that's the man, that's the man. And then you finally sit in a room and you have a conversation with them or they call on you to like, know your opinion. You're like, Oh, I I thought I (laughs) I was just supposed to be a fly on the wall. It's like, Oh, like there's, there's value within me. And like that, I guess I'd call it like a switch that kind of goes off. It's like, Oh, I, I matter just as much as that person matters. Like they might have a higher or lower position, but like what I do matters. And it's like at at the point where it gets to where you forget that, like that, that's when it's like, you need to kind of bring those checks and balances together. And like to the third point where it's, it's that you can't fix someone that, that doesn't want to be fixed. So it's like, if people are given chances and chances, and they're just like, no, they don't want to do it. Like the only way people have, have made it the hard thing easy is like giving people an out, like giving them a way to like, not always just feel cornered all the time to where it's like, okay, you've been put up on this pedestal and it's like that, that's what you're supposed to be. Like, if you're not being that, like, that's it. Like, if you're not, we're at, we're at flying schools. Like you're the fish in here trying to fly. And if you can't fly, your, your life isn't meaning anything. And you're sitting here probably wondering like, (laughs) why are you talking about a fish trying to fly? But it's like, sometimes you have that, that analogy where it's like, if you lose a sense of who you are or like your identity, you, you, you can kind of get off track, but like you have to recognize where you are and want to get back on because like <laughs> probably the most annoying thing, it's like when you're, when you're struggling and like you're either trying to acknowledge that you're struggling or you're trying to get help or you're not even to that point yet, but you have constantly people trying to help you just to get you back on track, just, just to keep, keep pushing, keep pushing. And it's like, if you're just not in the headspace of like, okay, I've got a problem. I need to address it to just get out of this problem or make my life better. It's like, well, you know, I, I like that you brought that up because I think 
we we live in a society where I just remember I have this is crazy because this is sort of like a personal. So I just I just remember um, growing up, uh, my parents or like anyone who's ever been around me, they've been very like uh, like if you don't do it right the first time, yeah, they're very like, oh, you need help. So it was like sort of like this sort of incapability thought process versus like, oh, I want to help you. Yeah. It was like, oh, you need help. Like, I have to help you. Mm-hmm. So it was always like this stigma of like, all right, I either have to get it right the first time or I just need to. Because I think one of the biggest things um, I grew up like. I just always remember, like, my mom, she would always, like, cook and do the laundry and do all those t- types of things. But I always mm-hmm. was like, what's going to happen if I, like, have to live on my own? Mm-hmm. I need to learn these things. Yeah. And so I was like, I need, I'm just going to learn it. And I was always asking, I asked my mom and she would just be very, like, against it. And so I'm like, I just got to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. So I would. But it was always like a, you can't do it. I need to help you. Yeah. Right. And so it created sort of like, a, I don't know, like it created like this, this detachment of, 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 uh, it, it created like this sort of like thing where it was like, I didn't really want people to help me until like I asked for it. Yeah. And so in turn, it made me start to be that way with people. Like I would, I was always like, I'm not going to help this person until they acknowledge that Hmm. they want help. So I kind of always approached it in that way, that manner where I was, I never really helped anybody until they asked me for help. But I was always like, Oh, let me, do this let me do this i would always like actively like do something Hmm. and i would notice like my parents be like you can't do that like you don't know what you're doing or it was always something yeah right and i was always like all right well i'm just not gonna do it right until you want it yeah even though there'd be times where it'd be like how come you're not helping me right (laughs) (laughs) so anything about that yeah right so it's like you know, at the end of the day, someone has to acknowledge that they they need help or they want help. Yeah. And I think that humbles them. I think that 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 sense of humility is necessary. Mm-hmm. And always like with me, I knew just it created like this sort of relationship between me and help. It created this relationship where I was always like I I I. It was always like a question of capability. Yeah. Like it was always like, well, can you do this? Mm. Can you do this? And there was always like doubt. So, yeah. I mean, even with like my girl, like she's a very helpful person. Like she, she's always like assisting, aiding, helping people. Yeah. That's like her love language. And so I remember the very first few times that we've been around each other, she would always like actively help me when I'm doing something mm-hmm. or when I'm about to do something. And I was yeah. always like, no, don't help me. 
Yeah. I was always been like, no, no, no. And she was like, why, why aren't you letting me help you? <laughs> like, why not? Like, I'm helping you. This is what I do. Let me do what I do. Yeah. And I was always like against it because my perception was based on my past. Yeah. It's like my family, like, oh, if you help me, it's like your way of saying I you can't need do it. it. Right. You can't do it versus it. Me looking at it in a healthy way where it's like, oh, she's just trying to do stuff. Like, but it then also created like this balance where it was like, it was like, I think there's this like weird uh, dynamic, like as a man. Yeah. When like, you're like, let's say for instance, like, I don't want to get into too much detail, but an example is like, like this, we've, we've, we've had like, like, kind of like this uh, discrepancy with like the seatbelt. Like yeah. she would, she would put like the seatbelt on me and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's why like, would you do that? Like, right. I'm, I, I can do this. Right. But that's her way of like secureness and, Hey, I'm going to help you. Like, I'm going to, you know, right. Me, the way I'm seeing it is like, no, you're not my mom. You're like my woman. Right. You know, if anyone should be putting the seatbelt on someone, it should be me. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm made to be the protector, the, all this stuff. But so, at the same time, it's like you, you, I think that's, that's the thing about knowing when you need help because it's that you have to have some kind of personal autonomy like as a child like when you first pop out it's like you there's not a lot that you can do for yourself and you slowly build up like okay hey i can dress myself i can go to the bathroom myself i can i can do the things that i want to do and it's like it like you said it's that balance where it's like you can have someone wanting to do something for you and you can interpret it as like Oh, if they do it, then I, it means I can't, but then also you can have it kind of overshadowed with like constantly wanting to do something to validate. This is how I show love. If I'm not able to do for you, then you're going to perceive that I don't love you, which might not be true, but it's like being able to have that conversation or just like the conflict where it's wait, (laughs) I can put yeah. my own seatbelt on. Like, right. let me do this. I appreciate what you're doing, but let me let me put my seatbelt on. Right. It, it you know, and um, and it's it's. I think it's created like a nice like dynamic between us, where like she she definitely can because her her idea is like to understand my mind. Like she she wants to understand my brain and how it functions. <laughs> And I'm like, it, it will never be understandable because I'm too much of, I'm too like left field. Like some days I may want to, like there's, I remember, cause she's vegan and I remember we like, there'd be times where I'm like, oh, today I'll eat vegan. And then mm-hmm. the next day I'm like, oh yeah, I want a steak. Yeah. Right. So she's very like, I want to understand you so I can be prepared. And I'm like, what are you mm-hmm. preparing for? Right. And she's right. like, I just want to be ready. Like, I just want to make sure things are ready because I don't want anything. to. So it's like, mm. the, like the differences in 
like not only like brain pattern functioning yeah it's also like just how we grew up like you said the autonomy like if if i know like i grew up and i always had to like kind of do things like solo like i've always had to like understand like what proficiency was or self-sufficient self-sufficiency it kind of makes you kind of like oh i'm comfortable in this pattern of (laughs) so this is what i know yeah versus like someone who's been helping people all their lives like she you know she's like the oldest of like uh like of three siblings yeah Yeah. and she's always had to like take care of things because you know, like even to a certain degree, she was like the second mom or the mom for that matter. Yeah. And so when you come from that foundation, you're like, this is I need to do this. This is this is what I know. This is what I right. do. This is like like you said, this is the love language. And so when we come into a relationship and we have to kind of find like this middle ground, it's like those first couple moments are gonna be clashy. And very like, you know, because it's like there's this comfort in the way that we do things and we need to find like, a like you said, like a balance. And so I think what happens is when it comes to helping people, that has to come into conversation. Like, well, what, what are you used to as far as like how you, you know, function in your life? Because some someone could be like always wanting help. Someone right. could always be like, "Hey, I need. Can you do this? Can you do this? Or help me do this? Help me do this? Help me do this?" Right. And it's almost to a degree where the person who is helping and their love language is help, they yeah. can almost feel like, "Well, this is the only thing." Right. And then, like any other thing that can potentially be like a form of love language. They could be like, oh, well, I, I don't know about that because this is the thing that I know yeah. to do. So it, there could always be like something that kind of like falters. Yeah. And that could happen. And this is like stuff that's happened like with my family and, you know, things right. like that where they could kind of like impose help as the love language. And they're like, when you help me, that's when I know you love me. And I'm like, mm. oh, that's not the only right, thing. Right, right. Now it but becomes like, conditional. It becomes conditional. And so that's why it's like that balance, like when people find balance in those things and they appreciate the help yeah. and have a form of gratitude, mm-hmm. I think it changes the perception of the whole thing. So right. even when we go back to um, helping people is hard, helping yeah. people is hard. It's very hard because yeah. you have to find that there's always some subjectivity and, and, and personal experience with that in itself. Yeah. I didn't even realize that until we had to have conversations about it. And then going further, helping people who don't want to be helped. I yeah. When I think about that, I think about like someone who's like suffering from some sort of like really dark, like yeah. maybe like, it doesn't always have to be like addiction, but right. something that's that like a pattern. But like, like you mentioned, you mentioned earlier, like mental health is a big thing that's brought up and it's yeah. like, it's easy. It's easy sometimes, or maybe it, it's well-intentioned to say, maybe you should just talk to someone, but like for someone that's very guarded, that's like, uh, what's yeah. the saying? It's like, 
what happens at home stays at home. You don't tell other people right, our business. Right. It's like it might be hard for someone to grasp. Okay, I'm. I don't want to go talk to a complete stranger to just say this. And then it's if like if we're talking about fixing someone, like if you're if someone is telling you that you need to be fixed, like you might be yeah. looking like. What do you mean? I need to be fixed. Like, do I need to be right. neutered like a dog? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? But it's yeah. like, I think the way we're talking about it, as in helping, like that maybe makes it a little bit clearer. But like, yeah, just being able to have conversation or just again, maybe it it could pair up with putting someone on a pedestal and, and thinking that like, this is what your ideal self should be like. It's like, now you're not being ideal. It's like, okay, okay like, are you trying to help me? Or are you trying to make right. me into like a makeshift? Here's a Ken doll. Like, I need you to be right, right. like yeah. this. Like whenever you're not right. Okay. Let's go. Let's go fix you. Okay. This isn't yes. working let's go over here. Like, let's go see all these specialists. And it's like, to the extent that the person doesn't have a say into the let's go do this or that, like that can really create uh, unintended consequences, so to speak. I I like that you said that because I think, when we talk about helping, I think all of it has to come from a place of pain. I feel like a lot of people, and when I say that, I say it in, in regards of, like, you know, when I look at a lot of families, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of families deal with, like, obviously things internally, like what's going on in the family. What's Like you said, what, what happens in this house stays in this house. Right. And I feel like I'll, I'll look at like like my family photos mm-hmm. and I'll be like, yo, we got a lot of problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like when I look at the family photos, all of us are like smiling. And, uh, yeah. and I'm like, people don't know. Like there's so many things. You remember that what like happened that day. And there's so much happening. And so it makes me look at other photo albums from people. And I'm like, I wonder what is going on there. Like there's probably so many like things happening or there may be not nothing happening, Yeah. but it's like, it's so interesting to see. And I'm like, if someone, if if we're talking about helping people and like when they're saying like, if someone wants to be helped, someone, it's hard to help someone, Yeah. but it's even hard to help someone who doesn't want to be helped. I feel like if someone doesn't know that they're creating a form of pain. And I don't want it to be like, oh, oh, does it have to be an intervention? Yeah. No, but it has to be something where someone can at least analyze or acknowledge something that's happening. Because when I look at all these seven principles, I feel like all the theme of everything is like being aware, mm-hmm. right? Being just very aware and acknowledging what's happening around you. And so I feel like the best way for someone to understand what help looks like Mm. is to acknowledge how they affect what's around them. Yeah. 
And if you're not acknowledging of that, then you can't, you essentially, you've closed the door on everything. It's like, like I said, like the dude from my job, you know, like he could be the type of person who is like that and might affect other people and not know it. Yeah. Right. But the only way that he'll know to, and I'm not saying he has to fix himself, but the only way that he'll know, like, okay, I need to do something about this is to be extremely aware and open to like, how do I like be better at this? Right. Mm-hmm. And you'll never, you'll never know until someone like comes to you and like says like, Hey, sometimes this makes me feel like this when you do this. Mm-hmm. So I think when you approach someone with sort of like this endearing, like sincerity, when you're like, Hey, you know, like, I didn't want to say anything, but I just want to bring this to your attention. Like sometimes when you do this, it makes me feel like this. And I'm not saying, sorry. I'm not saying this is who you are, yeah. but I'm saying this is how it affects me, mm. right? Yeah. So in that degree, I would like to know, like, is this how you feel towards me? Or is this just the pattern in which you speak or the way that you speak? I think everything starts with a good conversation, like a good, meaningful conversation. Yeah. And something that can like, like really, really create like this, a healthy sense of change Mm -hmm. and not like you're changing a person, but you're giving them like a perspective where they're like, wow, I didn't see it that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings me to one of the other principles, which was meaningful praise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think meaningful praise because a lot of people, we live in a world where Criticism actually is like a thing. Like it's like a thing where people like, no, like critique me. Yeah. Like people want to be critiqued. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't understand that at all. Like I'm so like, what? And like, I remember like in my films, I would have like actors and actresses and, you know, they're very like, you know, they're very hard on themselves. Yeah. So they'll do a scene and I'm like, oh, that was good. They're like, are you sure that was good? I'm like, yeah, it was it was it was good. <laughs> and they're like, nah, I don't I feel like you're just saying that. And I'm like, why would I just say that? Like, I know I know what I want. I know I yeah. I see the final product. Right. You're as an actor. I'm, I can tell, like, based on what you did, you're seeing what's in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. But I see the final product because I'm the editor. I know what I want. I know what I'm going to do. I know how I'm going to tweak it. Right. And so I find and discovered that whenever I like critique somebody or like maybe it's like they're looking for the critique, they're, feel, they're feeling like, oh, this is supposed to happen. I feel like they learned that from like film school or something. Mm-hmm. When you're like being critiqued, it's a good thing. But I'm like, yeah, it's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But then again, there's nothing wrong with like sort of like this reinforcement of like positivity. Like, oh, you're going the right path. I think when it comes to meaningful praise, I think that's what that means. 
I yeah. think it's like, oh, you're doing good, man. This is yeah. good. Like you're pushing. Because I feel like we come into a space in this world where it's just like, that's not that good. And we're right. always like comparing a person's thing to the next level. I remember I shot with like my older brother and for like one of my very first films. And he was like, is this going to be like how in Transformers that was that, that there was like this piece of thing hanging from I'm like, yo, we're shooting on like a, a Canon, like DSLR, like, the expectation is waste is like super high. And it's like, I'm like, where's that coming from? Like, mm. there's there's almost like this this template of standard where we're just like, no, it has to be like this. And that goes back to the worship thing. Yeah. That's why I feel like meaningful praise for for anything, for a person or whatever the case may be, it just has to come with like the territory of you're getting good. Yeah. I think like you're doing it. Right. And then keep someone going. It's just like this podcast. Like if somebody was already like, you're just starting the podcast. If somebody's like, you're on your 10th episode and you don't have a production student. It's like, you're getting there. <laughs> right. You're getting there. And if someone continues to like push that, that sense of like positive reinforcement. Yeah. Yo, you're going to go to the stratosphere. It's right. steps. It's not like this. Hey, why aren't you here yet? Yeah. That's a, to me, that's very unhealthy. I think let, let me add something to this. Like the, the the principle says give precise, meaningful praise, where I think that the point of it being precise is key because then it gives someone something tangible. Because like um Maybe people refer to it as like a participation trophy or kind of like likes on social media. Like people get a, uh, like I get a, a false sense of self when someone's just like, like they, they might be like trying to encourage me along the way. But it's like if you're striving for something you're just you're trying to live your best life you're struggling you're happy one day you're sad the next day you're just trying to figure it out and if someone just tells you it's like hey good job like for someone that's critical like you're being critical of yourself to improve on what you're doing like of course you can do it too much to where it it goes into the um it just becomes negative where you're like constantly questioning everything that you're doing. But like, if someone gives you precise praise, that's meaningful. It's yeah. like, now you're like, Oh, like here is something that I can work towards. This is something that I'm doing. Not that somebody like it's something that I did, but someone else noticed it. Now I'm encouraged yeah. to do more of that. And I can get better at doing that. And it, it's like that. It's a positive. It's like it's positive feedback that that like has an anchor to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. To where it's not just like something blowing in the wind. Like when the wind blows on a hot summer day, it's like, oh, that's refreshing. But yeah. then like. Maybe it's a similar thing when you have like that 
ice cold water when you need to just like quench your thirst. But aside from struggling to make an analogy, it's that I think having preciseness in praise really gives someone something to look to because it's, I think a lot of words lose their meaning, especially when things become cliche and they just, it's just like, okay, uh, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah, great job. Yeah, da, 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 yeah, 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 everybody. But then it's like, you, you, if like you're having that internal conflict, you're like, they said it was good, but like, I know something, it's like, I'm not seeing, I, I know something right. is there, but like, I'm not seeing it. Everybody else thinks it's great. But like, I know something isn't there. Maybe it's something I need to deal with. Maybe it's just, hey, you took one step here. Just take a step to the right. Don't don't step up. Just step to the side. And like you see that in drills that people do or in rehearsals or just like in techniques and different things that people do. It, it's um just the act of recognizing that or, or like when you're able to recognize that for yourself to practice gratitude, like self-love, like when you, you can look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know, hey, like, I like the way my smile looks today or like I like um, my cheeks or I, I like I, I, I just something specific where it's like, Hey, good looking or something like that. It's like, okay, yeah. like, you might wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, what's so, what's so good about it? And it's like, okay, here's what I think makes me good looking. And it might be self-loathing, but it it's something. It's something. Yeah, I agree. I think I like the precise thing. I'm going I'm to definitely start practicing that more. Um, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to think of a time where I've gotten precise, like, praise. Because people always tell me, like, hey, you did a good job. But I think with me, I don't, I don't, I, I, I think, you know, I find, um, I think when I, when I think about praise mm -hmm. and precise praise, I think about self-love. I think about self I, and I know it might sound like, whoa, self-praise. I'm like, well, yeah, because if you're not precise with your self-praise and, like, understanding, like, wow, I did a good job today at this. I'm working on it. Yeah. It's like when you go to the gym, when you work on, like, legs, you're like, I've been wanting to work on legs, I've worked on legs, and look where they are now. Yeah. Good job. Bam. And you have a rocky moment. Yeah, yeah. And it's good because when you when you do that for yourself, it's like you're giving yourself this positive reinforcement and this light. And I think what happens is when we talked about earlier the idea of success and self-love, small successes are the imminent success. So when you're giving yourself like these small moments of like, I did this, I've been wanting to do this, this one thing, and I did it. When you take that praise and you give it to yourself, you begin to celebrate in a way internally that is very self-fulfilling. 
mm-hmm. where you tend to not look for it in other places. Now, what that allows you to do is create an atmosphere, not only for yourself, but for other people. And you begin to make it such a normal thing, such a normalcy, where people begin to believe like, oh, I need these small little moments for myself. And the moment, when I say small, meaning precise. Yeah. When it's very precise, just to a detail, a specific detail, you start to notice like paying attention to those details as far as like self-praise, self-motivation, all these things, it essentially formulates the bigger picture. And that's what makes it much more powerful. And I think ultimately by creating that, you create a community like that when you do like the precise, but it all has to start with you. I feel like it all has to start with you. Yeah. It has to begin with small little things where you're just like, I did this. And not be afraid to be happy and Mm -hmm. excitable for yourself. Because if you can't do it for yourself, who can you do it for? Period. I tell this all the time. Like, there's somebody who's like, I told this to a girl before. I was like, how could you love somebody if you don't love yourself? No, I can love somebody else. She was like, well, I love my mom, my my dad. I love all these people. I may not have the same love for myself, but I love them. And I was like, you know, I understand that. All good and well. But what happens when, like, you like, let's say, for instance, you're going through a depression, depressional moment mm-hmm. and you're on the brink of suicide. You you hurt yourself. Do you still love your mom and your dad? Because you took away something that they love. Mm-hmm. You hurt something that they love. Do you still love your mom and your dad? If you're in a position where you understand not only the, like this, that's why I say everything goes back to awareness and acknowledgement. If you can acknowledge what you mean to somebody, you can understand that love transcends even your own thought. It transcends your reality, your perception. Your perception may be, I'm I'm me. I'm not. I don't mean that much, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I love my parents. I'll do whatever. I'll I'll do whatever in this world for them. Meanwhile, it doesn't matter what happens to me. Yeah, that makes no sense to me because if it doesn't matter what happens to you, how can you then hold up the world for your parents? Mm-hmm. How? How can you do anything if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not loving yourself? Mm-hmm. How can you then live up to the highest potential, your kinetic energy, to help anyone and love anyone if you're not your full self? How can you really love anyone? You have to love yourself. You yeah. have to have your foundation set in place. If it's not there, you're going to find yourself struggling and you're going to find yourself being conditional Yeah. because at some point in time, your parents are going to do something that may not fit the mold. 
something is going to crack in that pressure. Because if your foundation isn't like, yeah, I love myself, even when I fall, mm-hmm. even when I mess up, even when I do this, even when I do this, I love myself. So if I, my parents fall, right? Yeah. Remember we talked about worshiping people. Mm-hmm. If my parents fall, you love your parents. Why do you love your parents so much? Because they're just your parents or because there's an idea of them? What if your dad was cheating on your mom the whole time? You still love your dad? What if your mom was going behind your dad's back? You still love your mom? You have to have love for yourself. It goes deeper than what people believe. Love transcends all. You have to have small moments, excitable moments for yourself so you can have that same thing for the people around you. Because what happens if they do something that rocks your world? Yeah. You have to be able to have a set foundation. And that begins with you. It begins with you. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up so many, so many good points. Just, just hitting right on that. And I wanted to come back to I think it was the third principle of it's hard to fix someone. It's even harder to fix someone who doesn't want to be fixed. Like he wrote a paragraph on this saying, if they're going to fix it more than anything, they're willing to tell the truth about it and will interact with you. Then there's a ghost of a chance you might pull through it. It's tough to fix someone who doesn't want to be fixed. There are many people like this, which is why the answer to the question depends on the particular on the particularity of the situation. Mm. Yeah. So I I think we said that, but I, I thought it was important to that point to where yeah. for someone to fix themselves or for someone to want to be fixed they have to be willing to tell the truth and interact with you like they have to tell the truth to themselves to say i do need the help and i'm willing to talk to this person in order to get that that help because it's like if if that conversation never happens you have someone getting drug drug around being like okay I'm bringing you here because I know what's good for you. And like you, you're getting lectured right. and you're not, right. it's like, you're not a willing participant in the, in this relationship where it's, um, I, I acknowledge that something isn't right and I need to fix it or I'm, I'm willing to, like we were talking about the parent child relationship. I acknowledge that. I love my parent, but in order for me to love my parent, I've got to love myself because yeah. if I harm myself, then I can't really say that I can't give love that I can't give to myself. Like exactly. it, it's, it's different, but it's like back to the cup analogy. Like if it's, if I'm constantly trying to fill this void yeah. with outside things and I can't, fill my own cup. I can't bridge the gap to say like, I am enough. Like, however I'm created, like this is enough for me, first of all. And it has to be enough for my parent, my sibling, significant other, 
my colleagues. Like, yes. if you can acknowledge that and just be honest about, okay, is it the way that I talk to myself? Is it the way that I look? Like, is there something that is changing my approach? Is changing my is changing my physicality? Is that what's going to fulfill me? Or am I trying to become something that I've placed above myself? Oh. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're, um, you're good. You're good. I am. Um, yeah. I mean, that all, honestly, it, it, it makes me, um, it makes me think a lot about It just makes me think a lot about uh, who do kind of look for that, who do like even in, in like the um, the just their relationships, whether it be with their parents or just people that they're around, mm-hmm. they kind of um, impart like this sort of responsibility mm-hmm. onto them, onto even the parents and everything like that. And they almost like some of them are very like forgiving. Like mm-hmm. I remember uh, this one girl in particular, her mom was like addicted to drugs and she was very forgiving of her mom and everything. Mm-hmm. But then with her brother, she was very unforgiving. Mm-hmm. Like she kind of expected things of her brother yeah. and everything like that. Well, I was like, what well, it's, it's interesting how you have like this sort of forgiving nature for your mom and not necessarily for your brother. Like you, you want the best for him. Mm -hmm. Hold on. on. All right, we're back. Yeah. You want the best for him, but it's like in order to sort of like achieve that, you feel like you have to, be very hard hard or tough on him like maybe like this weird like idea of like masculinity like oh in order to, to it's be like you almost for a man, a man yeah it's almost like you right. give mom so, a pass but then you become his mom in the process to say she didn't do these the things i'm gonna excuse her and then i'm gonna take on her role as what i think is what take on need. her role you needed to do right yeah Yeah. and i guess she felt like being tough on him was going to be like the thing but Mm -hmm. and because they all like i guess they didn't grow up with a father or like the father was there but he didn't really do much but when she was like that i i noticed like she created this like unforgiving dynamic and I would always ask her, like, why? I don't get it. Like, why are you so tough on him? Like, I would see him do stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's good. Like, he's trying. Like, he's trying in this specific area. Like, he's taking care of his daughter. All these things. Like, why Why don't you, like, acknowledge those things that he's doing? Yeah. She's like, I don't know. It's just, he's a man. He's supposed to do these things. Well, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, your mom, you know, she's a mom. She's supposed to do things, too. Yeah. But you realize that she suffered from an addiction. Mm. And so you gave her a pass. Right. But because your brother doesn't have like an addiction, it's like, well, you know better. 
And it's like, I think you need, I think it's important to find like this sort of like, um, my girl says a lot like grace, mm-hmm. like you need to find like some sort of grace for yeah. them. But I think that old, that, that starts with you because she was very unforgiving of herself. She was always needing like this, like she would go on that. She would, she would need a lot of validation. Yeah. And she would always seek like image, like image was her thing. Like I need to make sure I look like this, look like this. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of it all, I was like, Oh, there's like this image thing. Like you you need to obtain like an image. You want to obtain this image. There's dark stuff that's happening in your life, but you're like, I want people to know this. I want people to see this. Mm -hmm. And so in turn, in turn, even like her mom, she did, I could tell like for womanhood, she was very like, I need to show like women are strong and we're together. So I could see like how she would kind of be very lenient with her mom. Cause she was like, I want to make sure like this foundation of womanhood is like profound. But with her brother, she was very like, whatever, like yeah. he needs to just know better. And I was, and I was like, where does that come from? That has to come from a place of, uh, like there's something wrong, mm-hmm. like internally. And I would ask her, I said, do you like yourself? Do you love yourself? And she was like, that's a good question. I like certain things about me. I'm like that. Well, that that just means like you really don't <laughs> you really don't love yourself. Because if you can say like I, I like certain things about me, I like that I do this. I like that I do that. And I like that I do this one thing. But I don't like these other things that mm-hmm. I do. And I'm like, well, well essentially you're saying that you've been given this field. Mm-hmm. You like the green grass, but you don't like the weeds. You don't like this part. You don't like this part, but it's yours. It's yours, right? So now what do you do with this? Do you go to another field and you trim that field and you fix it and you do all this stuff with this field, but then when you go back to your field, you're just chilling, right? So it's like, what does that mean? You're, like you said, the grass is growing. You haven't mowed the lawn. You're just letting it grow, grow, grow. But you're going to this other lawn and you're mowing it. You're like, look at my mom's lawn. It's like, mm. Yeah. And it's like, you're waiting for someone to come and mow your lawn. And when that person doesn't do it, yeah. what do you do? When you're waiting for someone to mow your lawn, whether it be your mom, your brother, some person that you worship, and it doesn't happen, what do you do? What do you do? You have to take care of your field. You have to take care of your field. You have to take care of your acre. Mm-hmm. That is your life. And I was like, I was like, you can't, I was like, I was like, you can love someone without loving yourself, but then what you gonna do about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oof. That whole thing about like fixing someone, mm-hmm. it's like you can fix someone, but you have to be able to be fixable yourself. Yeah. You have to. If you're not willing to be like, okay, like, 
there's definitely some things I, I have to fix and focus on. It's hard for you to fix someone. It will be hard for you to fix even that person. Yes, the person may not want to be fixed, but then you have to also ask yourself, like, wait a minute, what about me? Right. It all has to go back to awareness. Yeah, I was gonna say you're cutting deep. You're cutting me deep. <laughs> oh no, no, but but, but this is stuff I've I've been realizing and ministering to my own self. Yeah, no, you know, I, I said I said that jokingly because I'm like you're you're hitting on so many points that at the end of the day it it comes back to how is it that you're treating yourself and yeah that's that's kind of the question that I've had to that I'm asking myself right now, because it's that in the moment that I feel lost or out of place in the time that I'm trying to give more attention to other people outside of myself, I notice mm -hmm. that I'm willfully neglecting myself, like my care and like, okay, like you deserve to be taken care of. Like, yeah, it might, it might sound good to have the ideal family to have something better than where you came from. But it's like, if yeah. I don't acknowledge the good as well as the bad from where I came from and just appreciate who I am as a person, I, I discount the very things that make me me. So it's not just yeah. doing a podcast and having a meaningful conversation to be like, Hey, okay, this is my thing that makes me valid in the society. This is my thing that makes me valid <laughs> online. But it's like, no, the fact that I'm willing to have a conversation with myself before speaking with you, I'm willing to wake up yeah. and do something for myself and say, I value myself, I value my life. And yeah. before and after this, like, I have to believe that I still matter. And Yep. That in turn makes it to where when I speak to you, like I don't put you up on that pedestal, like I respect you, but I don't put you in a place to where it's like, oh, this person is so much better than me. It's like, yeah, I'm yep. getting I'm getting to know you and I'm appreciating the conversation because I I took some time to validate myself. And remember that, like, okay, just like I believe you matter, I I also matter. Like, two things can be true at the same time. Yep, yep, I love that. <laughs> two things can be true at the same time. It's true. And yeah, um, yeah man, uh, I I mean that that that's something that I I I listen. I, I love myself, right? Yeah. There's times, obviously, I find myself like feeling like, oh man, am I enough? Like, have I done enough and everything like that? And I think that goes to like, even like, like sometimes like just being black, almost like mm -hmm. you, you kind of feel like, man, I have to live up to a certain, you know, but um, that, that's an even deeper conversation. But yeah, I, I feel like what happens is I, I've I've grown up so like you know I've I've grown up so like not loving me mm -hmm. so much so to the point where like I was on the brink of suicide and 
it was like real young. I think I was probably, I want to say like nine, like nine, around nine or 10. And I was, I just didn't feel like I was important. I didn't feel like I mattered. I didn't feel like any of that. I was just like, what's the point of me being here? And I had allowed a lot of voices to invade my voice. Like I didn't have a voice. It was almost, I felt like I was crying out loud. Like I was like trying to say something, but I couldn't even hear my own self. Like myself was muted internally. And so it was, uh, I was like, maybe they're right. Maybe I, you know, just hearing a bunch of different, you know, people are, people are really cruel when you're like, when you're young and you're super absorbent, mm-hmm. it's very different from now where you could probably kind of block out things. Yeah. But when you're young, it's like you take in everything. So like that like you absorb. And so I was young. I was very absorbent. So when I would hear what people would say, I was always like, Oh my gosh, like, is this how people feel about me? And I and I was like, maybe they're right. You know, I was I was like that. And I was like, maybe I should just not be here anymore. It, it'll make everyone happier. Yeah. And I realized I didn't love myself enough. I wasn't I at that point, I didn't know about that, but I, I didn't enough to understand. Like, oh, yeah, like, this is a thing. They literally, so I obviously didn't do do it. And I found, like, a lot of my refuge in filmmaking, art, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much that it made me love myself. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, look what you did. You came out of that moment, you pushed yourself, and you're still doing this thing. Like you're still like you you kept with it. Like I love you for that. You know, I'll tell these things to myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still here because of you. Because mm-hmm. you didn't do it. Yeah. Like now I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Having this conversation with Ashley, right? So it's like a great great feat and so even with that it made me realize I think the most important thing is to always value who you are at all times you like there has to be such an extreme worth of self-value where you can't like you shouldn't worship anyone. You have to the I think the best way to value yourself is not worshiping anyone. It's to just have an extreme sense of like I, I matter, I care. And because I grew up with those words of like discouragement from a lot of people, mm. in turn it makes me very encouraging. So there's this interesting, um, there's this interesting quote. It's like the hero and the villain both deal, both came from pain. Both the hero and the villain storylines, they both come from pain. 
But the difference between the hero and the villain is that the hero takes from that pain and says, I don't want anyone else to feel like this. The villain says, the world made me feel like this. I'm going to make them feel it now. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And they're both very human. Yeah, That is a very human thing. And so what I took from it, and I'm not trying to call myself a hero, but what I took from it was that I don't want anyone to feel discouraged. So if I'm out here in this world and I'm talking to people, I'm going to make them feel every day that they're important, that they're vital, and that they're valuable, no matter what. I don't care who it is. That's what I'm going to do. That's my mission. Because I remember how that felt. And I remember I was on the brink. Well, I had literally, like this is getting deeper. Literally, I had a knife to my chest ready to just insert. And I was like, this is the one moment where waiting was a good thing. Delayed conflict was a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I waited and I was like thinking about it. And... I was just like, well, for one, I was like, this is going to hurt really bad. And for two, I was like, there's some people I like here. I really like some people here on earth. I wouldn't want to go without like talking to them first. And so that made me stop. And then at that moment, it made me start realizing stuff that I liked about me. Started finding things that I liked about me. Like, oh, I really like to draw. I love drawing. I would hate to kill myself not draw anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to draw. I want to keep drawing. And then film, you know, I was like, well, what about the film thing? I love the film thing. If I die, I won't be able to do film. So I know this sounds like very like, whoa, <laughs> like it's you had these conversations, but yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. I had these conversations with myself and I had to be like, just very honest with myself. I, was, I had to be like, well, there's, if I do this stuff, there's things that I won't be able to do. There's things that I won't be able to experience and I want to even if it means I have to go through the world with people not liking me. And I had to come to terms with that. And later on down the line, I was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, later on down the line, I was like, I I want to be, this is going to sound so corny, but I was like, I want to be a hero. Like I always said that to myself. I was like, I want to be a hero. I want, I don't want people to feel like this. I want to be able to, I want to be able to help people in a way where, you know, I don't want them to feel depression or like discouraged. I want to be able to speak light into them. Like how I speak to myself, which kind of, in some ways, some small ways, it kind of like backfired because <laughs> I would like go to people and be yeah. like, 
hey, like, how, I was like, man, you're awesome. And they're like, why are you? Like, people would think I was fake. Mm. They felt like I was being fake. Yeah. Little did they know, like, that was my way of, like, honoring them. Like, being like, hey, man, I love your life. I want yeah. you to live. Right. You know, it was my, it was me taking from my personal experience with my own situation. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know what the person is going through, but I'm just like, I kind of just umbrellaed everyone with this sense of like, hey, I just want to do that. And yeah. so, you know, obviously sometimes it would backfire. So it, it, yeah. would, it would create more dislike for me because people be like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> but then it was, there would be other people who were like, oh my gosh, like, it would light up their room. Yeah. It would light up their day. It would make them feel like so special. And that really meant a lot for me. And so I, I want to do that with like my filmmaking, create like this sense of happiness, joy, and that like, even like the simplest or like, even like these normal lives, like they matter. Like these people are important. And they move us. Their stories move us. Everything is is very pertinent and it, it's beautiful. Everyone has a sense of beauty and it should always be recognized, acknowledged, and we should always be aware of it. So, yeah. That's awesome. I think just to add back to the point we were talking about, about giving precise, meaningful praise, it says, Watch the people you care about carefully, extremely carefully. And when they do something that you would like, um, that you would like to wait, extremely carefully. And when they do something that you would like them to do more of, tell them that it was good and mean it. However, mm. you have to be precise. Here's what you here's what you just did that i think was great reward is intensely valuable for mm. modifying behavior that's good that's beautiful man yeah i'm definitely going to start um practicing that yeah i think that's important yeah like just just being very mindful telling the person i like this thing that you did because mm. then it speaks more clearly to the things that like really stand out to you yeah that can kind of forge like a better relationship with you and that individual i think that goes to say a lot with families so yeah, yeah i like that i like that i'm gonna start doing that and i think something else about this that I'm finding because I know earlier on when I came across personal development, so to speak, and just wanting to better myself, I was in such a rush to get it right, like right off the bat to just be like, okay, I got to do this all now. But like now I'm finding that back to what we were talking about at the very start, like you falling in love with filmmaking and just getting that bug and really enjoying the process and just being like 
okay, I'm appreciating this now. So if it's, I can only really address not avoiding conflict and like confronting it so that I don't just have like weeds growing everywhere all over my garden. It's like, okay, if I'm, if I can address that, I'm going to address it and I'm not going to just obsess over like, okay, there's, there's 10 million things I forgot to do. Um, okay. Let me schedule it. One o'clock. I'm going to do this at one right. thirty, <laughs> at one fifteen. Okay. This person looked at me sideways. I'm going to go over there. Okay. This yeah. person cut me. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you, it's like, you got it. Oh, you really got it. Um, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bring this one in here. It was the six point that says, pay attention to your conscience when you're formulating yes. relationships in your adolescence and during your early child, your early adulthood, you don't have that many experiments to run. You get old a lot faster than you think. So attempt attention. Attention is an underrated faculty. It's not the same as thinking. It's the act yeah. of watching to see what's in front of you, your eyes, and guiding yourself as a consequence of what you perceive. It's the faculty that transforms thought if you let it, and your conscience alerts you as well at, wait, it's the faculty that transforms you, though, if you let it, and your conscience alerts you as well. It alerts you when you're wasting time, and very few people are happy with that. Some are burdened by it more than others, but no one escapes the voice of conscience. Yeah, yeah. I, um, hmm, it's really good. You know, me and my girl and I, we, um, she has this, uh, she has this thing where she likes it when, um, whenever we have like maybe some sort of like conflict or whatever a discrepancy, mm -hmm. and she likes for me to address it like right away. Mm -hmm. Where she's like, "Yo, I need you to like right away." Yeah, and I find myself even sometimes even to this day, like there if I deal with like some sort of conflict, mm -hmm. I internalize it but then i think the reason i do that is because i i still don't even understand the emotion and i'm trying to get it like i'm i'm like trying to be like okay i felt something from this but am i supposed to feel this or like why did i feel this way is it because i'm missing something from my own personal life my own personal self Am I insecure about this situation? Like, what is going on with me yeah. before I can even address it? Because I don't want it to become one of those things where it's like I'm pointing like this fault at a person versus it being just something that I know that, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with this thing. And before even bringing it to this person, because I don't want it to feel like this person needs to change this. Mm -hmm. I just bring it up because I'm like, this made me feel this way. And I'm like, I, I don't even know why. Mm. I don't even understand why it made me feel like this. I just know it did. 
And I'm questioning whether or not I should be sensitive about it. I should let it bother me or I should or I shouldn't. So, like, what do I do? So even before I even bring those, uh, like, even before I bring that conversation up, I'm always, like, in my head about it. And, like, I try to really, like, think on it as much as possible. And that happens, like, several times, like, in my own mind, where I'm thinking about even things that have, that have happened before. Uh, I, it comes up again, and I'm just like, I don't, why was I affected by this? And the answer always stems back to, you know, autonomy, like my childhood and like, you know, like having those sort of like very absorbent moments at like Mm -hmm. early childhood and like not knowing, like the the sense of attention, urgency, like real young, you know, I had let things multiply, mm-hmm. which in turn, because they weren't like addressed so early yeah. in my adult life, when something like that happens, it begins to bother me because, you know, I, I didn't address it before, whether it be like my parents or like maybe a friend from the past, I didn't address it. So now I'm dealing with this thing internally as an older person. And when, you know, someone does something, I do find myself like coming to a point where I'm like, oh, I'll address it. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, I think I'm like an elephant in the sense of, you know, when an elephant is shackled and, you know, when they're real young, but then when they're older, they can easily break away. But they're they're just, they feel like I can't. Yeah. And like, it's like this internally it's like you're trapped internally. It's like a mental block. It's it's like a mental block. So sometimes I'll find myself having like this mental block where I'm like, I know I can talk about this, but I don't talk about it because I'm afraid that I don't possess the EQ to speak on this well, because it's coming from like this eruptive foundation. Mm -hmm from the past that it, that, you know, hasn't been talked about with said person before or this or that. And it's been delayed forever. Right. And now it's multiplied into this form. And so that's why I think, well, I I don't want to revert this to the whole Will Smith, Chris rock thing, but I imagine those types of spurts of like actions Mm -hmm. may stem from that yeah i'm 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 just i'm not saying that's what it is but i imagine like in just a a general sense of whatever happens with people that may be like the cause in the case Mm -hmm. so i do find myself now coming to i'm doing better obviously i need to do much more better Mm -hmm. but i'm coming to a point where i'm able to just address the situations more you know, like with a sense of urgency, just like, okay, I need to talk about it now. Right. So even when it comes to, I guess you can't do this like at your job, mm-hmm. but even when it comes to like my job, if I'm dealing with something like with a person and I know they did something, yeah. I want to address it right away. Like, I don't even want to wait. Like, mm-hmm. or I'll like bring them to the side, like, hey, we got to talk about this. 
or like with anyone, I find myself being very like upfront, cordial, yeah, but very honest, very like with candor, just hey, look, this is this is what's happening. This is how I felt about this situation. I'm not saying that's what you were purposely trying to do, mm-hmm. but this is how I felt about this situation. Can we talk about it? Yeah. Real quick. Cause I, I need to know where you stand. I need to tell you why why this was triggering. Yeah. And if you care enough to listen to that, that would be great, you know, because yeah. it would help me formulate a better bond with you and understand where I stand and my spacing. And maybe even if I need to think about this differently, mm. whatever the case may be. But now I'm beginning to be a little bit more urgent than before. I like that. I wasn't like that before, but yeah. for those reasons, though. Right, yeah. right. And I, I think um, a tip or an exercise um, a friend shared with me last year, especially when I spent time, um, like they say, like talking with someone, but also just trying to address things from the past and properly acknowledge yourself, because that, that's been the big thing, like, acknowledge yourself first and foremost and also deal with the a lot of people like to use the term traumas which are like the situations that kind of give you stuck points where you you feel like you're where you're at now because you can't get over something from the past especially when it comes from childhood and the the tip that was given to me that I'm trying to practice now is called reframing so for instance, talk about talking about the the time when you just you just absorbing all this information. Like as an eight-year-old child or a five-year-old child, like you're not able to distinguish like the good from the bad, or like if someone right. calls you dumb, it's like all of a sudden you're thinking that you're dumb. You're not able to say, like, okay, that's that person's opinion. Maybe they didn't right. mean it, maybe they said it out of spite or hey, instead of you remembering that they called you dumb on that day, it's like, no, this person came in, they said something um, kind, we had a good time. It's like you practice reframing the situation, you take the bad and you change it into what the ideal thing would have been that happened. And the, the reason for that is not to create a delusion or to put yourself in a place to be harmed in the future, but it's to free yourself up from just re-remembering this happened to me or this didn't happen for me. Because then it's that if you remember, hey, dad wasn't there for me, but now you if you tell yourself the story, my dad was there for me and he was able to provide for me in the way that I wanted him to provide, whether it was financially emotionally time wise every time dad comes up in the picture now or just the thought of him it's not that built up resentment and i think that might point up to this this the last principle which says remove resentment people yeah. struggle to give praise in relationships because of underlying resentment if you resent someone and they do something good, you opt out of praising them because you don't want to reward them in any shape or form. 
in the process, you're just punishing them. You just punish them for doing what you want. Mm, 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 mm. So mm, it's it's yeah. like in in order to reclaim power, so to speak, if you're doing something for someone or you're trying to be good, it's like when if you don't have that, if you don't practice reframing the past or like letting go of the pedestal that you're placing someone on, or you're not dealing with the conflict when someone is say they're coughing on you when they're talking to you it's like hey man like cover your mouth like i don't yeah. know if, i don't know if you didn't grow up not learning that but like cover your mouth when you're coughing like please it's like just yeah. something small like that doesn't make you just man i hate this person and it's like why right. did you build all of this up just because you didn't want to appear as the bad person to say Right. Hey, when you do this, this bothers me. Like you don't well, you see, put them out on Front Street and all that. I, I like that you said that because I think that's the stigma. I think that's the stigma. I think that I, 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 you know, I, I feel like some people grew up with like this sort of like, hey, be nice to everyone, do this, do this. So when it came to like that, being honest. It's almost like you kind of just got that from your parents. Mm -hmm. So when you, you're around people, you're like, I don't know where to draw the line mm -hmm. of like being, you know, transparent and just, you know, just telling somebody like, hey, you know, or even feeling valuable mm -hmm. enough to share that. Because yeah. then you, you almost tell yourself, like, who am I to say anything? Right. Yeah. And then like when we think about that, we're, we're like thinking like, Okay, do I want to? If I speak to this person like this, is it going to create conflict? Is something going to arise? So there's all these questions that happen in someone's head. And then you're right. It's like the only way you know what will happen is by saying something. We can come up with a thousand scenarios, mm -hmm. but the only way we'll know something will happen is based on the person's reaction. So if you're like, hey, you're coughing, you know, you probably want to cover your mouth because all the germs and everything yeah and the person, it, whatever based on what the person does the only thing you can do now is react based on what they do so it could be a positive thing that they say or a negative thing that they say mm -hmm. so let's say for instance if it's positive like oh my gosh i'm sorry i, I didn't know all right cool boom yeah. cross that threshold we're good now if it's a negative thing where the person is like are you going to tell me what what i'm supposed to do with my mouth and everything like that you're like all right you know where you stand as yeah. far as that scenario you're like i'm not gonna take this further i'm out you know hopefully it wouldn't escalate to something where this person pulls out a gun because you told them <laughs> hey you're coughing right and it's creating a you know but are you just hitting somebody in the mouth because it's like hey i told you <laughs> i told you not to <laughs> i told you not to, you to cough <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those things, and I think um, I think it's 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 so important to just do it, like to just do it, so that way you don't no longer have to be in fear yeah. of whatever you're dealing with internally. Like you just okay, because I already even told myself like 
if there comes to if there's any point in time where it comes to a point where someone like is is uh probably antagonizing you at work maybe because i'm a very laughable guy so i mm-hmm. laugh often yeah so if someone's like antagonizing you like you need to stop laughing i need to find my um inner self and be very calm and just because me i know like i don't want anyone to tell me not to laugh yeah. right but i need to find a way to address it very cordially and very like calm like yeah i'll be like hey or hey um look i'm i love laughing i'm not laughing at you if right. my laughing bothers you in any way that it affects you personally because it stems from something I apologize. Mm-hmm. If it means that we shouldn't be working in the same vicinity, let's talk to the main guy and we'll figure it out. But beyond that, I'm going to do what I got to do to yeah. make my life happy. Um, if that bothers you, I, I would hope uh, we can figure something out. Yeah. And I, I'll end it there. I've already prepared my mind for that because yeah. I want to make sure if I approach any of these scenarios or any like conflict, I don't want to have resentment. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to address someone right away, see where their mind is. And then, you know, because I remember even one instance, like something had happened, man, at the job with like a student. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm on the faculty and something happened with a student. and. The student was like making like they just like we were we were getting close with the, the, the kids a little bit like it was like the, they were getting too comfortable with us as far mm-hmm. as conversation I felt yeah yeah so I was like you know um, I was like look it's just me and this dude like we were the faculty mm-hmm. I began laughing with the the guy and in the, one of the, gr- the students the girl mm-hmm. she was like she was like kind of like you know, making in front of like the way I laugh. And I had to, I was, it got real awkward, real, real awkward, real fast. Yeah. And the way I saved the moment was by kind of like, you know, joking on myself and, you know, kind of like saying like, you know, just kind of like moving the, the, the narrative or the story or the conversation along. And so I did that. But then internally, I was like, oh, I didn't like that moment. The girl said the thing. It was very unnecessary. She, she's, that's too comfort, comfortable of a, of a statement to give, of a comment to give yeah. to someone like me who's on the faculty because I'm not one of the students. I was like, I felt very uncomfortable with that. I need to tell her. Mm-hmm. I need to tell her that. Um, but the day had already gone by the time that I kind of like processed it in my mind. Yeah. The day had already gone. I had this girl's um, IG. So I was just going to voice note her and tell her, Hey, look what happened back there. You know, I didn't like it. Um, it really bothered me. Mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted this situation between like me and the students to be very like professional. And yeah. at the same time, um, I felt bad because I'm like, you know, because she was a black girl. I was like, you know, as a black woman, I try to uphold you guys. I don't want to speak discouragingly on you. Mm-hmm. So I kind of expect the same, even if you're joking, yeah. which I, I understand it's a joke. I understand that. 
But the reason why I feel like it was out of line was because it made it seem like we were like friends and you can't do that. Like mm-hmm. it can't be, you can't be comfortable like that mm-hmm. with a faculty and start speaking like that. And another thing was just a standard of myself. I was like, I show myself to people mm-hmm. as a sense of uh, camaraderie mm-hmm. and as a sense of me feeling like I'm in a safe space to be myself. Once someone begins to attack that, it now, uh, now kind of like creates this pattern in me to feel like, oh, I need to close myself off now because I had entrusted who I am, my full self, with you. But it's almost like you, you, you ripped the rug from under me because I had given you this trust. I had given you this responsibility of kind of like, you know, keeping safeguard of this 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 thing of, of me personally. Yeah. But now it feels like it doesn't have that safety net anymore. And so that's something I was explaining. But my girl brought, brought up a good point. She was like, you probably don't want to say that to her because she's still a student. You're a faculty. If you send a DM to her, being very real <laughs> and honest, Right. It might come back to bite you. It might and get so clipped up. You might get clipped up. So it's like, you know, let it go, move on. So it was one of those things where I kind of had to take the L mm-hmm. and just move forward. But it was one of those things where I I knew I was like, I need to practice urgency, mm-hmm. like immediately. Like if I'm dealing with a conflict, I need to talk about it quick, get it yeah. out the way. And but because I was able to just get that off my chest mm-hmm. of how I felt, when I had seen her again, it was cool or whatever. And um, she had graduated and everything like that. But it was cool or whatever. We had mm-hmm. got we, we had seen each other. And I still haven't gotten a moment to like kind of like bring that to her attention. But I, in part, part of me feels like internally, I, I can do one or two things. From that scenario, I can either just move on, and if I ever see her again, and that moment happens again, yeah. I can just address it right then and there. Right. Or it could be one of those things where if I'm ever in a vicinity and that happens with anyone else, yeah. I can bring up that example to them and tell them why like that like is something that can't happen. Right. And so just to set a standard. So, like, let's go back to the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing. Mm-hmm. Will Smith, a better way to have, you know, dealt with the situation and not have resentment mm-hmm. is going up to, to him, maybe, like, after the show or even, I guess, during that time yeah, on public television, and just, you know, in his ear, like, hey, look, I know that you're doing this for this, but I need you to do it like this, though. Right. Only because this is something that I'm kind of dealing with like that. And, and the only thing he could do at that point is whatever Chris Rock's reaction is, it could either be Chris Rock is respectable, respective, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, what, I respect that. Or he just is like, no, he disregards it and he does like his thing anyway. But then you know where you guys stand. Right. And you don't have to involve yourself anymore. 
Mm-hmm. So you can just be like, all right, I did my part. Yeah. I approached, I did it. I don't need to have resentment for this person anymore because I know who they are. Right. Therefore, I know what kind of space to create. Mm -hmm. I know what kind of atmosphere to create. We're good. Yeah. So that, I think, is the thing. And I think that's what I learned from that moment. It's like, I didn't get a chance to talk to her right then and there. Mm -hmm. But at least I know where I sit. But I don't want to, I'm not that type of person who likes to harbor feelings. Right. So I'm like, I just need to speak about this right away get it off my chest mm-hmm. and then the next time I could just cord- be cordial, you know, yeah. like be fine. I, yeah. I think um, one thing I, I would say to that with, with something with that incident, so to speak, that happened, it's that if I'm understanding you correctly, this would be maybe a good example to practice reframing where it's that, you know, yeah. how you present yourself, you know, that, you're joking with a faculty member and then a student jumps in joking. And instead of maybe viewing it as, okay, the power dynamics have shifted, like teachers joke with the teachers or faculty jokes with the faculty, students don't joke with the faculty, but it's like maybe reframing it as like, this student isn't trying to joke me, but this student was thinking that because I'm a person that is joking, someone that's lively, they're just trying to join about. And maybe it, it just, it didn't come off that way. But it's like, yeah, maybe it's just, just a, a happen sense mistake because it's like perhaps looking at it in that way doesn't make it a thing where it, it just keep, continues to linger. But now it's like in the future, having acknowledged that, reframe now it's like if that happens again dealing with the situation urgently and not internalizing it or delaying the conflict you could do one of two things speak directly to the person about it there and then or try to acknowledge what it is that like talk to the person but also try to acknowledge what's really bothering you about it and then yeah. whatever their feedback is, it might be one of those, like you said, with the Will Smith, Chris Rock situation, it's like that you have what's happened and then it's not about, like we could say Will Smith reacted in that situation, but then Chris Rock responded in the way yeah. that he was struck after making a joke yeah. and he took it in as, okay, I'm either in the wrong or this isn't the place for me to come back with something because it's like in the way that he responded took it and then as will went to take his seat he tried to respond because it's like you have some time to process someone just walked up smacked you in the face walked away and sat down at in between that point it's like he could have jumped on his back he could have like swung at him or anything else but all he tried to say like within his role is that hey it's just a joke and it's like it wasn't received as a joke and some people might say oh like as a comedian you're not supposed to do this but he's like okay like 
I'm not in a I'm not in a winning situation. Better that I leave, like just drop this yeah, here. Especially, right? Yeah. It better that I deescalate the situation and find a way to move on, because otherwise, it's like what what am I gonna gain on this platform trying to go back and forth? It's like what am what am yeah. I really trying to accomplish in this situation? Because and I think that's good. No, I was just going to say, because after the fact, it's like we see a highlighted moment and then everyone kind of just jumps in and brings their opinions and things to it. But it's a teaching moment. It can be a social moment or, or something like that. But at the end of the day, it's like if I try to look at it for myself as to what is it that I, I can learn from this? And one of one thing is that no matter what position you have in life like you're not you're not immune to criticism like At whether all. whether you yeah. like it or not and it's like as the criticism comes like continues like life is going to continue to happen and you have to choose in those moments to find a way to address the conflict and address it in a timely manner and just be be aware of like that your conscience or the internal dialogue with what's actually happening what maybe you're perceiving and it's like if it's too many things that you're trying to process the simple thing is okay hey i don't like this yeah like that's simple enough and then if you have to have the conversation backstage or after the fact do that but also give yourself time to just process things like the the thing on on urgency that he said was that um just reading from jordan peterson's list is that this was more in relationship to urgency and relationships and he said when my parents were in their 70s i only got to see them twice a year due to the long distance I calculated that if they lived until their mid 80s, I would only get to see them 40 more times. That's urgent. When you yeah. have a ticking clock, there's a sense of urgency that you'd better get right. You yeah. don't have as many opportunities as you imagine to spend with your loved ones. So it, it's yeah. like, and maybe bringing that into perspective where conflict comes into it especially like you're you're constantly going to be in conflict with other people if you're honest about who it is that you are or what it is that you like like the way you go about addressing the conflict could be okay i can do something now to satisfy my woman perhaps or satisfy the culture or satisfy what the world says i should do but it's mm -hmm. like is the backlash worth that in yeah. some cases it, it might be but then if you've got to sit worst case scenario looking at four walls and be like okay that that was worth it like so long as you're willing to sit with that but i'm not not trying to encourage violence in yeah, any no, sort I, of a yeah. sense but it's just, just it's just like Take just be willing to take some things into consideration. That back to the um, the conversation about love, suicide, and it's like okay, if you 
really say that you love other people outside of yourself, but you're willing to do harm to yourself. Like you might want right. to check what your definition of love really is. And if exactly. it's got to start with just acknowledging that there are things about yourself that you'd like, that's better than nothing. And then yeah. from at least acknowledging that there are things about yourself that you like, you might have to work your way up to the level of saying, I love me. Like I, I love yeah. what I see and not try to lie to yourself, but try to encourage yourself to say like, this is what I, I love. I don't care if it measures to this person's standards, like me in this space and this personal time, I, I like this. Yeah. Just, just just practice liking yourself if you don't love yourself because it's like right. it might feel so lofty to a thing to where it's like you, like some people love their dogs more than yeah. they love their pets and it's like yeah, yeah you yeah. have that internal critic that's telling you oh like how do you think you're going to be worthwhile if you can't even tie your shoes or how do you like, right, right. like like you you start to rationalize and you start to like rank order things and like this this is worth more than this so yeah if if i'm able to meet this standard then i'm worth this or i'm worth it's like it it's it's a lot to get into but i, I think at least starting small like the smallest thing you can find to like about yourself and working from there gives you a better sense of appreciating where you fit in in the world. It's funny you say um, fitting in because I just never felt like I ever did in anything. Like, because I remember, you know, being Haitian, um, young and, and being Haitian American in like, you know, school and everything. And I just remember like, I wasn't too, like, I didn't know Haitian Creole that well. And so, and that's a thing, like, if you don't, I don't know if that's like how it is. With I mean, I, I know there's, um, I'm not familiar with Haitian Creole, but I know of uh, PGM where it's like, broken english or like it's its own specific dialect right and we, we and have so our own dialect that that right because otherwise yeah, like, if you don't speak the dialect then french is the next language because that was the 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 colony and haiti was it was a french colony cameroon and a lot of west african yeah uh, nations were french colonized that's why it's the main language outside of the the native language so i like i don't know if like cameroon like cameroonian like if if they're like hardcore on like knowing like the language like that but in the haitian culture um specifically here i can't speak for everywhere but mm -hmm. um in miami it was a thing where it's like if you didn't know the language you weren't considered that so i would go to school and people were like, oh, you're Haitian. And they like had this sort of like, I don't know, this they didn't like Haitians for some reason. Mm -hmm. And this was like early on. And um, 
And when I would go back home, they would be like, oh, you're not Haitian. <laughs> they would be like, yeah, because you don't speak the language well. Right. And so I was always like kind of like caught in between like this idea of like people here, and, you know, young, you're young. So you're yeah. like absorbent. So people are saying like, you're not Haitian and like, like you're Haitian and, and your parents are like, you're not Haitian. So you're just like, you'll never feel like you fit anywhere with yeah. that type of, you know what I'm saying? So I had never felt like that. Yeah. And obviously I've come to my own, like really like liking who I am, loving who I am and, yeah. and understanding like, I like that I don't fit into like a certain mode mm-hmm. of, of whatever place there is in this world but i would say to the degree of like the uh this the urgency and the uh i I guess the resentment thing Mm -hmm. um i uh so in that moment like let's say with that girl she uh so we were in front of other students and faculty Mm -hmm. right and so when she had did that i had found my i had found myself in a chris rock position like I had found myself being like, this is a very awkward moment. No one's laughing. Yeah. I need to de- I need to find a way out of here. And mm-hmm. so by kind of like playfully playing along with it and just smoothing it over, I was able to do that. Yeah. But I think the thing that kind of like stuck in my head was, and this is where the reframing needs to happen is, I need me personally, I wanted to have a conversation with her about that so that maybe in like settings, it can help her read the room Mm -hmm. and not feel too, I guess. I guess what what I want to do is not have her in a position where let's say she's like, like in an office or something. Or like, she, like maybe she's like created this like great relationship with someone, mm-hmm. and then something happens, and then that person may internalize it and just hold on to it, and then begin passively like being passive aggressive towards her. Rather, mm-hmm. I want to create something where if she like say for instance does something like that, at least I can be able to speak to her on it and be like, hey, you know, um, this is a very like this is something that you should be very careful with. Mm. Now I'm not only saying for myself, but maybe like in any professional setting um, where it's like, because of the, because the relationship I had with her was very different from the guy that I was joking with. The guy that I was joking with, our, our basis of our relationship began that way. Mm. So we would banter like that. Right, and right. that's that's how that formulated, and so it was like a comfort thing. It was like, oh, this is how we speak to each other. Right. So my reframing is like, oh, maybe she feels like this is okay to do, but it's like my way of saying, hey, our relationship is is different. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this this the foundation of how I began with this guy was like this, and with me and you, it's a respect thing. Yeah. Like you as a black woman in this space, I want to create a sense of respect for each other because when we walk into other rooms and I know like, I know it's like, well, how deep does that go? 
Yeah. It, when we walk into other rooms, I I want them to see how much valor I have for another black woman, whether it be a student, faculty member, anything. Like I don't even joke with them. Yeah. I'm just like, hey, but that's because it's personal. Yeah. I feel like in this world, when it comes to black women, there's a, a bit of like there's this sense of like uh like almost like they're not as valued mm-hmm. as other, you know, women in a sense. Yeah. And they're not given that much precise praise. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a lot of jokes about them. Yeah. And I wanted to present maybe like a atmosphere that was kind of like when me and you walk in this room, Mm-hmm. as black people and this is getting deeper but when me and you walk in this room as black people i want them to see how we are with each other so mm-hmm. much so to the point where they begin to feel like oh this is their standard and that's i think that's saying. a big thing for me yeah because i feel like when you look at other cultures like when you look at the jewish culture mm-hmm. When, or, or, or even the Chinese culture, or when you go to China, if somebody comes into their country and in any form of way says anything that's out of bounds, they yeah. check it immediately. Mm-hmm. Therefore, creating like this sense of standard and this sense of culture and history. It's like they preserve it and they really look out for it. They keep it safe. Yeah, I respect, I love that. Because it shows a sense of value in their culture. Mm-hmm. When I look at the Jewish culture, if you say anything about them that's like even slightly, you know, you get canceled. So it's yeah. like, oh, I love that. But for not the sense of canceling, but for the sense of that they have a value system. Right. So I, w- I love it when we create value systems. It's not to say we can't joke with each other. We can joke with each other, but I think when it comes to like that type of, because we're essentially we are in a very uh, like, you know, it's 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 heavily it's heavily white populated, mm-hmm. right? So there's only a few of us out there, mm-hmm. and so when we're in these rooms, I'm I'm not here to entertain these guys. Yeah, for that purpose. Right. Right. I see. What I'm you're here saying. to. If I joke with them, I joke with them, and that's just me and them. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to us, I want us to follow a sense of value so that they know when they walk in the rooms, they can they approach us in that way. Because I don't want it to come to that point where it becomes joking and then they may say something offensive, but it's like I can't get upset because they saw how we were, right? So what happens when I'm joking with this black woman and this guy, this white guy comes in, he's like, that's right. And he's like talking about her hair and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wait, nah. But then it's like, but right. where's what? Why are there boundaries here? Why are but there I, mean, boundaries? I, I think I understand what you're saying. It's like. I think just back to the relationship with other people and the relationship with yourself, I, I think you have to, I, 
I think there's, I hear the, the point of like, you want a standard, but at the same time, it's almost like the, the standard is becoming a, a platform or I think yeah. it was the second thing that we said where it's, yeah. you don't want to worship people. It's like, in a sense, it's you, you do want to worship the black woman in a sense, in a way that like in society or in the culture that we have, it's like, for some reason, there's almost the opposite happening, but it's like, I think you can, you should appreciate and you should encourage, but at the same time, just be very careful in what you're doing. Like if you have an idea that, okay, I'm going to make sure that every person that's black is going to be celebrated and just, um, try it. Like, I'm trying to think like, there, there's something to contend with if you, if, if I'm thinking, yes, I want my culture to be celebrated like others and tolerated like others. I think there's a sense of like, I hold other people's culture and other people to a high standard because they hold themselves to a high standard. But mm -hmm. it's like, at what point is it I'm trying to match what they're matching even if it's a facade we don't know but it's like yeah. it's been it's been ingrained so much that this is a thing we don't know all the other things in there that don't work but needless i'm not saying that you don't need to make a space and especially if you're someone older trying to educate someone younger to say hey you need to be mindful of these situations, but it's, there's that reframing in the sense of like, you realize that you have the ability to do that without going yeah. too much into your head and saying, well, I want it to be exactly like this and exactly like that and exactly like this and exactly like that. It's, it's like the, what do they say? The best way to build the wall is just one brick at a time. And yeah. Sometimes it's like you might obsess about getting the perfect brick to lay down right here and make sure that everything is lined up just right to make sure that, okay, so long as this is right here and somebody just walked by and just kick it. And now you're frustrated to be like, yeah, I'm trying to build a wall here. <laughs> what, what are you doing? And it's like, just, it's it's not there's no perfect solution because it's like the, the thing that that's beautiful about having principles or guidelines to go by is that it's a constant um it's a constant task that you have to perform like at every yeah. it, and, and even articulating this or coming back to you with something else it's like it's a conflict that i'm trying to address in my head where I'm like, okay, I think I see what you're trying to do, but just be careful not to try to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. But it's like set out for an admirable goal and do your best to get there. But as you come along conflict along the way, 
just address it in a way that your conscience brings it up to you, but also don't internalize it so much to where that resentment builds. And it's like, this is how I wanted to address it, didn't receive it in that way. And now, now the person that I was helped, now, now you're my problem because so-and-so is looking at me like this. And now he, he thinks it's like, you can't control what someone else is going to say about you or what someone else is going to think about you or like people can lie on you. They can, they can, people can just be people like life. Like my buddy Theo said, life just be lifing sometimes. And it's, it's up to us to like pick ourselves up and push forward bit by bit and not, not, um, like we can make we can make plans, but when something doesn't go according to the plan, be willing to make the adjustment and just like make the small shift. It's good to have like the overall picture, but sometimes you you like when there's that that constant frustration that comes up, it might be time to just like take a step back and pause and just be like, okay, like. What am I really trying to achieve here? Is it something that I can actually do? Or um, let me let me read this to you to the thing that's under don't worship people. It says, What do you want in a relationship? Well, you think bliss, but that isn't what you want. As it turns out, you want someone to contend with. You know you you don't want to push over. You don't want everything to be easy. This is sort of a phenomena that Kierkegaard was talking about when he talked about deciding to make things more difficult for people because that's what they want. If you go out with someone and they worship you, they agree with your every word, there's nothing but positive feedback coming from them. You lose respect for them almost instantly, and you wander off and find someone who's more exciting. Part of the reason for this is that you want the person that you're with to challenge you so that not only um, so that not only do you do reasonably well together, but so you can coexist in the same space with reasonable amount of peace however you also want to be you also want there to be enough tension in the relationship so that you're both involved in the process of mutual transformation that's interesting because i think Because that goes back to that whole thing with conflict and how like we don't like let's say for instance you know how you're like you're like I'm not a, a person who likes conflict like mm -hmm. I I much rather you know like avoid it at all costs I think about all that stuff a lot and I when I think about people who like let's say for instance like let's like what you just said, like, or like that, that, that paragraph that pointed out, um, 
you know, people uh, need this sense of like resistance in order to formulate like, I guess, growth and a sense of peace. Mm -hmm. When we talk about that and, and we, and we say like, okay, if someone's always agreeing with you and someone's always like saying like, yeah, you know what you're like this and that, I feel like if you have, uh, like, let's say like the whole thing with worshiping people, like you definitely shouldn't do that. But if you have sort of like this constant, like, cause that, that's where I think I differ a little bit. Right. I, I, I totally respect the, um, the idea of that. I think it's very important, but I think what I've noticed is that when it comes to being challenged, especially when involved in relationships, I think there has to be a sense of, of, of mutual respect before that can even happen. Yeah. I think someone has to at least feel like what this person is saying is of value. Mm-hmm. And I think in order for that to happen, I think someone has to see your standard. Mm, yeah. I think someone has to be able to be like, this person has a certain value system, like, or mm. quality for themselves. Right. Where they're like, oh, like, I, I, I see the quality and value that they have for themselves. I, I'm going to meet them there, right? right? And it's like, okay, now we can formulate sort of like this. So, like, if you, like, let's say you, you like, craft something. Yeah. And you go to this person, like, oh, um, I did this. What, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, uh, I like that part, but this part could probably be fixed right here. You won't look at it. You won't feel any type of way and be like, like super duper, you'll be like, damn, I thought I did good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could either become one of those things where you're just like really in your head or you're like, you really take that person's like, of like thoughts so deeply. Cause you're yeah. like, I respect this person so much right. and right. their opinions and their thoughts and their views. And so it becomes like, Oh Yeah this can help me create, become a better person because mm-hmm. let's say for instance, artistically, you could be like, this person's vision of this can help me be a more well-rounded and not just one way. Like I could think about this in different ways. Yeah. I think that's a very helpful factor, but I think when it becomes very like, like it, it could probably become like, uh, it could work against you is when, the two people don't have like this sort of like respect factor right. for each that other. Mu- that bridge, like, that mutual ground that you're talking about. That kind about. of bridge, right? Yeah. And it's I, like I see what you're saying. So it's I've I, but I'm saying I'm 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 not I can't be 100 percent sure, but I just know whenever I had a respect thing with like another individual. Mm-hmm. I remember them coming to me being like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'll be like, oh, yeah. And I'll challenge them and they'll be like, oh, snap, I didn't see that. 
Mm-hmm. And it created like this nice, but then there'd be other people who, you know, they'd come to me and <laughs> they'll ask me for something. And it's just like, it, it turns like into a whole thing. Right, right. They get upset and I'm just like. You don't have that same it. relationship that you have. Yeah, so and it, I, I think it, it, yeah. if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, just that the situation with the with the student was just that you didn't have that like there was that sense of respect or there was at least to the positions that you guys held it's this should be the standard and whatever happened it was just that like okay you you breached this and it's like i want to address this with you one-on-one so that you understand if you go out into the world and you repeat this, like this isn't going to be something that can just be laughed off. Like you might unintentionally paint a picture of yourself to Yeah, because other the world is a little bit less forgiving. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very forgiving and I'm very open and I'm open to discussion. Mm. Whereas I know people will not be. And just to even further it along, we, like, just knowing that there's, like, this, it's not even, like, my positioning. It's just, just knowing that there's, like, it's, like, you can have, like, a sense of confidence. You can have all these things, but it's important to. I was going to say, let me, let me put it like this. So it's, like. There's the talk of um, maybe I'll reference Hollywood or or like uh, I don't know if I'd say media or clout or something like that. You have certain people. You have um, people that are black that are well recognized that are like gatekeepers, so to speak. Like everybody yeah. wants to work together and things like that. So, for instance, if I'm if I'm someone that is a person of influence or I want you to do well in life, I would say, okay, young lady, don't just be out on social media, just twerking because it's like, if, if somebody wants something bad to point to, they're just say like, Oh, here, like, here's everything bad that we like society said, like, here's all the bad things. And then you could just be like, well, I'm just having fun with my friends. It's like, Maybe have fun with your friends, but don't record it on, put it on social media to get likes. Because at the same time that you're getting likes, somebody else is watching you for a different reason to be like, oh, okay, like this confirms what I already thought, right or wrong. Right. And it's like- Not not to discourage twerking. I just wanted to throw that (laughs) example out there. (laughs) It's like- um, it's almost like it's it's like uh it's like accountability. Like I, I want to be able to I feel like if I don't do it, yeah, you know, as somebody's going to. And right. and it might be the wrong person. Mm. Right. And so if I care that I care about like not the person per se, but I care about like this person's future or the future of a said sect of people Mm -hmm. or like maybe just 
individuals, artistic individuals. Yeah. And I want to be able to keep them safe from what I know is the industry or mm-hmm. what I know is just any professional atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, oh, you have to be careful not to draw these lines because right. I remember a long time ago, there was this girl and she she was a writer. And yeah, she was like doing banter back and forth with like people or whatever. Well, I didn't know this before, but she, I remember she wrote on my thing and it it started making me realize not to like take anyone seriously, like as far as that. But I remember her being like, um, uh, oh, she was like, I'm a better writer than you. That was her first line to me. Like on like a DM, she was like, "Oh, I write better than you." Yeah, and I'm like, "Is this how you approach people?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, "This is how you like, you know what I'm saying?" Like, this, I told her, like, "This is not how you should do it." Like, you're not right. gonna walk up to Tyler Perry and be like, "I write better than you," right? And think like he's going to give you like a job or something. Mm. And she's like, "I'm just saying, I'm better than." She was just going crazy, and I was just like, "I'm like, don't." I was like, just don't do this anywhere else. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 taking it, but don't do it anywhere else because that's just not how you should do it. Right. And she's like, whatever, you're sensitive and everything. Like she right. said all that, right? Cool. And then after that, she goes, Would you want to read one of my <laughs> she's like, would you want to read one of my things? I was like, all right, sure. All right, cool. Right. And so it's, it's almost like now you're you're encouraging the very thing you said wouldn't be encouraged exactly and you're avoiding the conflict by gassing it up so but then when like you know i read it and i was like yeah i mean this needs more work Mm. you need to i mean i the confidence is good but your approach needs to be a little bit more humbling Right. And she was like, I just feel like you didn't really read it. You know, she went off. Right. Right. Because now it it becomes about like now for her, it's not a thing of I'm addressing whatever it is that I've got going on personally. It's here's this idea that I have. I already have a statement of that. Nobody's out here trying to do anything for me. So I'm going to go pick on somebody to, to put them down. And once they don't acknowledge me in the way that I want to be acknowledged, I'm confirming what I already believed. Exactly. So it's like there's there's no reason for me to self-assess or check my awareness to be like, right. maybe I could do something different. So it's like, where's the value system? Like, I mean, you came to me, Mm -hmm. but you didn't come to me for a sense of like, you know, like if you were looking for uh hold on oh yeah if you were looking for a sense of value mm-hmm. it completely went away when you did that and now it's just like this this like kind of like power struggle and I'm like I'm not gonna struggle with this power I'm just letting you know like that's probably something you shouldn't do if you want to approach somebody mm-hmm. especially if you're saying like hey I respect your opinion I want to know what you think if you're gonna already automatically be like I'm a better writer than you. You can't expect me to just be like, okay, she's a jokester. Like, yeah. I don't know you. Like, I, I don't know you like that. Right. And I, I'm, I automatically, I think the standard of like when relationships are forming and connecting, 
the only way to know whether or not you're a jokester is to know right away that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, oh yeah, so. Maybe she just wasn't trying to worship you. You can go. I think I'm. Hold on. Okay. No. And I'll, this was awesome. This was amazing. I hope we could could do this again, man. This was very, uh, this was very like intense, deep, and it was very educational. For but sure. yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, thank you, Asher. Thank you for having me. And um, let I people head out. Let people know where they can find you, and just keep a lookout for the uh, the new project. So um, everyone, you can find me at at Frank Moreau um, on Instagram, and uh, you can find me on Facebook, all social media platforms at Frank Moreau, F R A N T Z Y M O R E A U, and I have my project that I'm shooting now called Boy with Angel Wings. You guys can look out for that to drop either later on this year or next year, but it will be going through festivals and everything like that. So I'm very excited about it and you should be hearing about it very soon. So appreciate you. Appreciate you, Francie. Thank you so much for your time. Till next time. Thank you, Asher, man.